What is up? What is up? What is up? This is the first official episode of Mania Moments with Robbie and Phoenix. What order did we <laughs> give the show title? Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We made a Twitter months Mania ago. Mania Moments is nice. Yeah. Mania Moments is definitely the name of the show. So got that right. We're off. We're yeah. batting at least 500 at this point. So yeah, I mean we're rusty. It's been we've been quarantining. It's been a while since we've been podcasting. Yes, so. it has. Yes. So, hi, I'm I'm Robbie. Uh, I'm Robbie DeShazer. You might know me from the podcast Film Fracas, Tapheads, uh, or from my blog Pro Wrestling GBU. Uh, with me via Skype due to pandemic is uh, my co-host and very good friend Phoenix Zarola, also from the Film Fracas podcast. Hello. Yes, it's me. Phoenix from Film Fracas. Um, happy to be here. Will Film Fracas ever happen wrestling. after? <laughs> is, is we need that last season. We, prom- season. we promised the people pre-COVID. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I know. This is kind it of a so, it, it felt so nice, and then it just, you know, derailed. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see if it ever comes back. I hope it will. I hope it will. We're figuring out different uh, remote recording methods, which is how we're doing this right now. Uh but you guys don't want to hear about all that. Uh, you want to hear about uh, WrestleMania. You want to hear about uh, wrestling, pro wrestling. Maybe you heard our episode on the, our bonus episode on Film Fracas talking about WrestleMania 36, and that piqued your interest into sports entertainment. Or maybe uh, you're a wrestling fan and you're just finding out about us for the first time. So uh, either way, welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, so Phoenix, uh, you just want to. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing on the show on Mania Moments. Yeah, so um, we both thought it'd be a fun idea if we just, um, you know, go back and sort of like watch and recap um, different WrestleManias uh, throughout the years. Um, we're, we're actually going to do it uh, out of order and uh, just some general like ways of either being random or we might have some kind of personal reasons why we want one next, but we're not going to do them like one, two, three, four, five, back to back to back. We're going to do them in uh, some different order, just kind of like moving around, jumping from time to time and watching them, discussing them, talking about the, what happened that was fun, what happened that didn't work and just kind of having like a chill, like watch party of these different WrestleManias of the past. Yes. Uh, I think I was even thinking about maybe doing like some Twitter polls and stuff to like get the audience involved and stuff. Maybe we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll say here's three WrestleManias we're thinking about that. We haven't watched yet. We're thinking about watching, uh, WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 21 and WrestleMania, uh, 35. And we'll let, yeah. you know, we'll let the marks on Twitter decide. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, for those of you who know film practice, um, this one will be a lot more uh, chilled out. Like film practice, you know, we're more, more known to like to present arguments and kind of uh, talk our way through things, kind of uh, challenge each other to get like a, a movie to win or lose. 
Um, this we're just going to kind of talk about these WrestleManias, talk about what we liked about them, and it'll be more of a chilled out kind of experience. Yeah. Um, so I think, hope you enjoy that. I think yeah. The thing we have to establish from the beginning of this show is, uh, like film brackets, we love movies, but uh, we love wrestling. We love the sport, the sports entertainment. I don't know how we want to refer to it. Uh, are you buying into WWE's terminology? Uh, but we, we like it. I, and, I'm sports entertained. <laughs> but we're going to, you know, even when we totally crap all over, like, a certain match or a certain wrestler, it's coming from a place of loving, you know? I think it's, I mean, at the end of the day, we had fun, you know? I think that's, uh, I don't think there is a single WrestleMania that is, it's got, there are WrestleManias that have boring moments and some uh, unsavory moments, but I don't think there's one that you can say is like a slog to watch, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, cut to um, three months from now and we're watching one that I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how many you've gotten around to see. I think I've seen maybe half of them for the most part, just like, you know, we're going to go through all of them at some point, but just like right now, I think I've seen half of them and I don't really know one that I can say it was truly like, so, um, unenjoyable throughout all of them definitely have at least moments here and there that get you excited, get you going. Cause you know, that's what wrestling is. It's just yeah. like, it's got, it's, it's got at the end of the day, some nice, solid, fun action and entertainment. So, It'll have that throughout. And then, you know, some of the best ones are just like incredible and just such good experiences. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a great jumping off point uh, for us to get into what, you know, our kind of our introduction to wrestling, you know? Uh, so you, I know there are some people that might, like I said, it might be coming from film fracas or tap heads that aren't familiar with wrestling, but they like, uh, to support whatever it is we're doing. And thank you guys for that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So WrestleMania in, for the most part, or I mean, for 100% of WrestleManias are produced by WWF slash WWE. Uh, they're the same company. It's a different name. Uh, that stands for the world wrestling federation or world wrestling entertainment, respectively. Uh, what those, what that entity is, is, referred to as a promotion or as the company. Uh, they're the probably they're They are still the largest uh, promotion in wrestling today. Uh, you know, there are other promotions out there. Uh, I think in my notes for our first episode, our first actual review episode, I talk a lot about who has left since WrestleMania 30 and has shown up in AEW or impact, <laughs> which are, yeah, Two of the larger uh, North American promotions that exist, uh, aside from WWE. Uh, For sure. So the main players in WWE, at least what we're talking about, uh, the name you need to know is uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, He is, at least since WrestleMania, he he inherited the company from his father, Vincent McMahon Sr., uh, but every WrestleMania up to this point has been produced uh, with uh, Mr. McMahon at the helm. So uh, he's a, a ruthless tyrant billionaire who sucks at his job. And uh, I shouldn't say that. I, I can't say that. He wow. sucks. He, 
I don't think Vincent Mc, I don't think Vince McMahon and I would be friends in real life, uh, considering the yeah, friends no. that he keeps. You know, uh, <laughs> John Cena. That's that's right. I'm starting off the first episode by feuding with John Cena. That's gonna end. Oh my well god! For, it's gonna end really well for me. Uh, but no. Wow. So the the name Sorry, the, Mc, the, <laughs> the McMahon family is the family you need to know. Uh, as you get into the later WrestleManias, uh, especially the ones in the late '90s, early 2000s, and through today, uh, you see the roles of his family kind of expanding, and you see more uh, more involvement from his uh, son and daughter Shane and Stephanie, and eventually Stephanie's husband Triple H, uh, who is a wrestler himself, who I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot. Uh, he's made several WrestleMania appearances. Uh, but other than that, that's kind of the that's the corporate structure, I guess. That most that you really need to know, I guess. Uh, people like Paul Heyman will come up every now and then, who are involved in the backstage. Uh, but for the most part, you just need to know who is in charge of the company and what wrestling is. So, uh, Phoenix, can you give us just kind of a, a brief overview of what wrestling is? Yeah, um, I mean... I gave you the most nebulous question in the world. Take your time. (laughs) (laughs) What wrestling is. Um, Yeah, so, you know, wrestling, the ones that we're going to be talking about is just some uh, sports entertainment where it usually has two wrestlers that work together um, to put on matches uh, and, you know, compete um, through uh, different... Uh, stories that one company might um, put together. We're not talking about like Olympic style wrestling, which is just actual sport. Uh, this style of wrestling is very much for entertainment, but also to, you know, showcase a lot of move sets and a lot of like um, action and stuff uh, that uh, goes about in WWE and AEW and stuff. And uh, that's uh, well, I'll throw, I'll throw a in general Japan. idea. We should give some wrestling. respect to the overseas. Promotions. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, New Japan, uh, Lucha, uh, wrestling as well, all the very popular in other countries. Um, uh, and, you know, it kind of it differs from some, like, boxing and MMA in the sense that, like, it's it's not uh, totally real. You know, some of it is, is scripted. It's uh, um, driven by story. These are characters, for the most part, that... Um, these wrestlers kind of put on to then tell this, these stories of things, but they're told through these, like uh, through this sport of, you know, trying to achieve a championship or trying to uh, grow a stable or a team to kind of dominate in their field and stuff like that. So, um, and so we've got, it, it has, uh, it has kind of a blend between, you know, the reality of sport and then also like the storytelling nature of um, any other kind of media. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have some questions we'll we'll kind of answer uh as we get into more of it. Uh but um what like I guess the question that uh most people have is like, you know, when we talked about this in our first episode is, you know, what is our background with wrestling? Why are we, you know, quote unquote authoritative? What is our, you know, how do how do we fit into this? Why do we like it so much? Why do we want to talk about it, you know? Uh I'll, yeah. I'll start. Uh, I admitted back in our re- first WrestleMania episode on Film Fracas that I am a very recent convert into the uh, 
world of wrestle uh wrestle fandom uh but i've i mean i've taken to it i would say uh in a shockingly quick way um you've dived in i I dove in it was, You're deeper in it than I think I've ever been. If I'm being honest, I mean, you have a blog um, that is reviewing true. different wrestling shows, which if you could, you know, mention right now if you'd like. Oh yeah, for, for the listeners, ProWrestlingGBU.com is my blog. I review the four weekly, uh, the main four weekly shows, uh, wrestling shows. That is uh, WWE's Monday Night Raw, uh, NXT on Wednesday night, and Friday Night SmackDown as well as on Wednesday nights, I review uh, AEW Dynamite, uh, which is a lot of fun. And uh, But I like writing about it. Uh, I mostly just made this blog because uh, I found this community of people I've just been tweeting back and forth with while watching these shows, and uh, uh, 280 characters is not enough to really explain complex thoughts about storytelling, if <laughs> if that makes sense. Especially right Especially now. when these shows can run between like two to three hours plus. Um, yeah. It's hard to really say everything in such a small tweet. And especially the internet, everyone is so mean to each other and everyone wants to like uh, really catch anybody like in a lie or something or like in a logical fallacy. And it's like, I, you know, I want to talk about the fact that I love that uh, both Sasha Banks and Bailey have all of the women's gold in WWE right now. And I don't want to have to like explain myself. And I just want to say, I think it's a cool story that they're telling, you know, but uh, it's easier to say all of that in a blog and, uh, you know, back up my claims that, Hey, it's a story. And I see, you know, you may not see where it's going right now, but you can't knock it while it's mid story, you know? (laughs) And it's easier to say it. Like, it's easier to say that, when I've got the blank canvas of a WordPress blog in front of me, as opposed to uh, just a tweet. Um, but yeah, so I've been, I dove deep into it. Uh, quarantine has really given me the time to go into the back catalog on the WWE network and the uh, watch a lot of the documentaries uh, and then watch videos explaining how uh, WWE doctors its own history and kind of start learning the ins and outs of what's going on. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a real, it's been a fun journey. Uh, and I'm glad that, you know, I've got friends like Phoenix who are willing to talk to me about, uh, you know, how crazy insane, uh, people like Eddie Guerrero are, you know? Um, yeah. And I guess, I mean, I pretty sure I mentioned my history on film practice, but in case you don't know, I've, kind of grown up on this and have kind of been like somewhat of a lifelong fan, not, you know, varying degrees of how involved I am in the fandom and not or whatever. But, uh, I think the first time I ever watched wrestling, I was like maybe three years old and that's is honestly too young. But when you have cousins that are like five to nine years older than you and you're hanging out with them and they're into wrestling, then you're watching along with them. And sooner or later you're, you know, interested in the show and then you just keep going. And that's kind of how I got started, uh, into wrestling, like really young. And I've always just kind of carried that kind of, that interest, um, throughout, you know, when I was really heavy and like deep into wrestling was probably around my middle school and high school years. Um, yes. and then the, like uh, the tail end of to- the ruthless aggression era and into the PG yeah, and the was- reality era. <laughs> 
Right. I kind of started into, what is it? Kind of started with like late attitude and then kind of went through all of ruthless aggression and then sort of like tapered off. I mean, I've never stayed, I've never stayed fully away. I've always kind of kept an eye and kept interest, you know, like catching things up that I see pop up on Twitter or like, I still, I think would watch WrestleManias every, uh, every year, even though I would maybe not watch raw or SmackDown as often. Um, so uh, I've never really can, gone away from it. So it's, yeah, generally you can keep up just using the WWE YouTube page. Honestly, their yeah, five, their and five one minute cuts that, of the big matches are like all you really need to know. Right. And I mean, one thing, if you're listening and you're like, a, um, you're interested in getting into wrestling, one thing that's really great is there's so many times and there's so many avenues where you can find recaps of stories or find, um, uh, just quick ways to like get caught up on what feuds are happening or what um, storylines are going on, what's building up at certain pay-per-views and stuff that WWE posts or like other um, fans will post on Twitter or on Reddit or something. So it's really easy to keep up, even if you're not so much as watching every week. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I've been with it. Um, now starting this podcast, I'm sure I'll get a little bit more back into it than I have previously been but um yeah it's always been such a fun part to like you know get lost in and watch and have a good time with yeah i think uh i think i might start uh forcing you to watch like the big four each year at least (laughs) which uh, yeah you're only you're only three away from so (laughs) yeah exactly and uh uh they're definitely always the biggest and most fun anyway so i'm sure it won't be that hard to rope me into those (laughs) When we're recording this, we're a couple weeks out from SummerSlam 2020, which uh, the news currently is, uh, like I said, we're in a pandemic right now. Uh, maybe one day we'll get to record in person, but who knows? Uh, but uh, WWE is looking into trying to do SummerSlam instead of in the Performance Center like they've been doing all of their shows for the last four or five months. Uh they're looking into putting it on like an aircraft carrier or a boat or on a beach somewhere, which I think is, oh, wow. I think that sounds fun. Honestly, I don't know if they're going to like put fans there. I hope, I really hope that if they do, they're very careful, careful with it, but, uh, it could be cool. It could be different, you know? Um, so yeah. we got summer. I like Sam the coming beach up. idea. The- Dude, yeah, like bring uh-huh. it back, bash at the beach would be incredible. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, this, I mean, they wouldn't know how to do that, except they would just need to be more careful with fans. But yeah, that seems very possible. I think they should. I think they absolutely should do it. Uh, back in like March, when this stuff first started, when we were looking at you know a WrestleMania without fans, uh, and things seemed like they'd be okay later in the year. <laughs> I was going to try and convince you uh, Survivor Series was supposed to be in Dallas this year, and I was like, oh, I could probably <laughs> somehow get Phoenix to go to Survivor Series. But <laughs> Yeah, if only, man. But yeah. then coronavirus. Now, yeah, so. now it's now it's just it's so much worse, and it's it, we're definitely not getting fans that uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I hope the city of Dallas will cancel uh, <laughs> Survivor Series. We'll just... <laughs> not let it happen yeah, yeah. uh I'm, I'm sure it'll happen but anyways 
enough yeah. COVID talk. <laughs> enough COVID. Yeah, enough COVID. Talk. I'm sure you're listening to Escape from that. So we'll get back into wrestling. <laughs> yes. Uh, I so we had some questions. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw I was asking about uh, just if you're not a wrestling fan, uh, kind of some questions you have about wrestling. So uh, I thought we'd take the time to answer these questions now. Uh, I think the first one that comes uh, up, I think it's the easiest question to ask, is uh, how real is wrestling? Because I think uh, there's a lot of people out there that uh, when they hear you're into pro wrestling or that you like pro wrestling, that their response is like, you, you know it's fake, right? Like, it's not real? Which is... It's scripted. It's... It's scripted. Do you did you know it's scripted? Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's it's an easy way to feel like you're you're pulling back the curtain on a wrestling fan. Uh, there's there's nobody in the world that. <laughs> what are you talking about? AJ Styles died in WrestleMania, the past WrestleMania. He, Aren't you aware? He was buried alive. He died, and he came back to uh, fight on the roof of the. Uh, of Titan Towers, the WWE corporate you're, offices. You're telling me that John Cena didn't go through a weird dimensional uh, alternate reality, like mess with your mind thing, and that was scripted? Jeez. You're crazy. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think the first thing is we're very much aware that it's uh, not real. I saw a great tweet from uh, Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, Fightful, which is a great resource if you're trying to keep up with wrestling news. Uh, he, he said recently, it said, there are more people that think there are people that think wrestling is fake than there are people that think wrestling is real. <laughs> like, or what? I can't. <laughs> he was like, there are more people that there are more people that think people think wrestling is real than there are people that think wrestling is real, which is a very good way to put it. Uh, we like it yeah, in spite of the fact true. that it's fake. Uh, because it being, you know, quote unquote fake or predetermined, that's how you get the fun story elements. That's how you elevate it from uh, just a sport into sports entertainment. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the answer is uh, it's kind of real. It's also kind of fake. Um, all the matches have their predetermined endings and, uh, the wrestlers are aware of that and they're trying to get to that point. Uh, typically there are some major spots as they're called, uh, which are moments in a match that uh, those big moments, like people jumping off the top rope of the ring or uh, being sent through a table or something. Some of those can be planned and a lot of them are. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you yeah. can't really fake, uh, you know, having a 300 plus pound guy come off the middle rope and land directly on you. You can find yeah. ways to uh, lessen the impact and make sure you don't get hurt. But uh, you can't really. Yeah, you can't fake a chair to your back. You can. Yeah, you can. Just I think learn most to take res- wrestlers would. I think most wrestlers would uh, be able to counter with that for their own experience of. I mean, sure, it's scripted fighting, but, you know, you still have to take a lot of pain in general. And then, of course, there's always, um, you know, botches or, like, mess-ups that are yeah. that can happen where you take some serious damage. And that happens all the time in, in a lot of matches. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a little almost, you know, 
offensive to the wrestlers to just say that it's all fake because a lot of them come out with, you know, pretty bad injuries or damages. A lot of them train, uh, like hours, um, hours and a day for years and years to like get as good as they are at being able to master this kind of craft of taking pain, but also presenting it to be real and stuff like that. So I think, uh, when people, you know, get upset or get turned off by the, the idea of it, wrestling being fake, I think they need to, you know, think about that part of it. You know, there's a lot of real talent and a lot of real skill that goes into um, doing these matches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think the the thing to remember is these guys are still athletes. They still, yeah, you, you said it already. They train a ton to be able to take the pain, but they're also just, most of them are in very, very good shape. Uh, you know, you've got guys every now and then that are getting to the end of their careers that are, you know, maybe not in the best shape or, you know, people like Andre the Giant who were forced to wrestle much longer than they should have been alive even, you know. But yeah, for the most part, these people are training super hard and are, you know, could still beat most people up, you know. They might not stand. Yeah. They might not fare well in an MMA or a true boxing match, but, you know. A, yeah, and I think <laughs> there's so many stories of pro wrestlers just demolishing people in bar fights, you know? Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Do not mess with real wrestlers if, in real life because uh, they definitely know, they definitely can fight better than you if you yes. do not think that's the case. Um, and I, I mean, just to put one last point of it, it's, it's, it's akin to like stunt work. Like you wouldn't tell like a stunt man in a movie, like, you know, that because they're they're driving into uh, like a motorcycle through a wall and something that you know it's fake because they're attached to wires and the walls not made it like a real wall, like wall material and stuff like that. You know, you'd still recognize that they're doing a stunt and like could hurt themselves and uh, that there's a lot of talent to what they do and that's a, that's basically the same concept as to wrestling. So I don't know why it always gets you know kind of uh, a poor taste in people's mouths when they when they know it's fake because sure. But that doesn't mean it's not like real problems or like real injuries and real danger. Yeah. I think also it kind of gets more fun to follow when you know it's uh, scripted or predetermined because then you get into, you know, the backstage politics of it. You start asking, you know, Oh, you know, I think famously we're going to talk about a lot of instances where Hulk Hogan uh, backstage politicked his way into winning matches that he really shouldn't have won or uh, where he probably should have passed the torch to a younger generation. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like you can get into that kind of talk. You can think about, you know, know, Oh, why does Vince McMahon really want to push John Cena down everyone's throats? You know, clearly the fans are, you know, there's backlash against him. Like, you know, and you start getting into that, like that drama of it, that, is a whole other layer to talk about. Uh, yeah, for sure. Which is a lot of fun. Uh, I think there's, you know, the next question we have is how does pro wrestling differ from other fighting sports like MMA or boxing? Uh, I think we kind of already covered a little bit of this. Uh, it's predetermined. It's, uh, that's the main difference. Uh, boxing, uh, there are very strict rules about, uh, where you can strike your opponent and uh, only striking with your hands. Uh, MMA is a little closer to how at least the 
current style of wrestling, I should say, uh, in that it's a lot of strikes and submissions in any way you can get your opponent, uh, which is kind of what wrestling has evolved into, especially in this very modern era. Uh, It's a lot of, you know, I don't don't know how else to describe it. Like, it is, you know, it's not not wrestling like just grappling on the ground, I guess is what I should say. So, yeah. And so Um, I don't, I don't have anything else to really say about how it differs from that. Uh, For the most part, WWE and other, I mean, if you want to know, like, if you want to know, like basic rules, there's like, you know, a pinning on a one, two, three count. There's submission tap outs. There's, um, ring outs. That's like different ways to like win or lose a match. Um, but then I think that's getting, uh, Two in the details of it, really, yeah, the basic things are kind of what Robbie was saying, that it's just, it's scripted, um, and there's uh, a lot of spots that are controlled by the wrestlers and that are pre-planned, but um, other than that, it's uh, just, you know, two people fighting, so. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing that I guess we should talk about is the the use of a referee, like, specifically the role of a referee in a match. Uh is very different than what it is in MMA or boxing. Uh, in those sports, it that person's job is to uh, let you know when the match starts and when it finishes, and call for a disqualification or pull some, you know, all all the things that a WWE ref is pretending to do. In pretending, in air quotes, uh, that they are maintaining that role in the match, but they also. Uh, are very important in providing information from backstage to the wrestlers or making on the fly calls about changes to the matches. Oh, or just like making sure that people are staying safe. Uh, I think a ref yeah, refs work so much harder in this than I think they do in really any other sport. Uh, just in how many things, how many plates they have spinning at one time. They're kind of the director of the match essentially yeah they're the one yeah keeping everything in control um relaying uh information like you're saying just making sure everything goes well and um uh without any hiccups or any problems yeah and then on top of that they have to like i said they have to act and be an active part of the story as well they you know a lot of referees will take you know will take bumps as they're called which is uh when you hit the mat or uh, take a hit from somebody, uh, they'll have to take bumps themselves or they will have to, you know, the accidental ref hit uh, in wrestling is so common. You know, the, suddenly, you know, a ref yeah. being knocked out and can't count a pin is like, you know, dr- dramatic rule number one in <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. Um it's just it's just another way to you know incite drama. So uh, yeah, they're they're also a good story story piece that the writers can sometimes use. Yeah. Uh, the next question I got is: Is wrestling seasonal? In quotes. Uh, so of course I think seasonal meaning like uh, well not right now all because essentially all sports are starting back up at the same time. But usually uh, there is a you know a basketball season, a baseball season, a football season. They have their set times of year which is the start of a season. And at the end, you have a champion of that season. Uh, wrestling is different than that. It is not seasonal. It goes yeah. 65 days a year. 
or uh, 52 weeks a year, I guess is probably the better way to talk about it. Um, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a no, but with a question mark, because you can also kind of talk about it in terms of like a television season because of how they run stories, you know? Oh yeah. You can sometimes view it from that lens as like, they'll start, you know, the day after WrestleMania and then the finale will be like the day of WrestleMania. So it kind of works in that sense, but you know, Ronnie's correct that like in terms of a sports season, it's very not the case. Yeah. I would say, yeah, the best way to start watching wrestling. If you're like, Oh, should I start watching wrestling? I mean, the easiest way to do it is just to start watching the weekly shows or keeping up with it on Twitter. Like, but even easier is to find the next pay-per-view coming up and the raw after that pay-per-view is usually kind of the clean slate for at least a lot of, of the ongoing storylines and feuds. Uh, there'll be some like aftermath that needs to be taken care of, but usually that same episode, you'll see the beginnings of, uh, new feuds and new storylines. So, uh, you know, especially big ones like the big four, uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble, uh, all of which kind of end up in their own uh, stretches of the road to kind of uh, segments. So you can, you know, watch from the from the Raw after Mania is essentially you're on then on the road to SummerSlam, or then continuing, and that's why it's. And that's why it's sports entertainment because it's entertainment because it's television and theater kind of, and then it's sports because it's wrestling and that's where they all come together and make wrestling with. And then that's when like you see a, a rainbow cover my head wrestling wrestling. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then the other key difference between a sports season and what uh, wrestling does is Champions are crowned and title changes happen all the time, essentially. Uh, so there is, you don't get to the end of a season and then the best wrestler is crowned Wrestle King or yeah. the champ. You know, there's no, you know, as much as we like to call WrestleMania the Super Bowl of sports entertainment, it isn't, you know, you don't come out of WrestleMania going, ah, uh, yes, this is the best wrestler. There's typically a title change or two, but that continues on the next night. That yes, that is that is key. Um, it's, it's just it's constant. It's all with the story, and, and uh, it's not like tournament based. It's just you know whatever is being whatever's being told throughout the weeks and yeah. and months to come. Although there are they kind of decide to swap. <laughs> There are tournaments. There's, yeah, you know, like King of the Ring, or like um, if there's a vacated title, there will often be a tournament to crown the new you know, intercontinental or a battle royale. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there are so many different kinds of matches and stuff, and we could bore you all day with that. Um, but I think the the last question I have here and uh, is how do you keep up with wrestling? And the easiest and most obvious way is with the WWE, there are three weekly shows. Uh, like I already said, there's Monday Night Raw, uh, Wednesday Night NXT, and Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, all of those shows, at least at the time of recording, are considered their own separate brands, which means that those wrestlers uh, compete for their own titles within those shows, 
and uh, that those universes are kind of contained to themselves. You don't see a lot of crossover. You don't see someone who regularly appears on yeah. Raw uh, yeah. fighting for a ti- fighting for the universal title, which is currently defended on SmackDown. Um, so you just kind of yeah. keep up so with those. There's wrestlers for each brand. Is, mm-hmm. is, in case you're new, there's what Robbie's explaining. There's wrestlers that are associated with one particular brand, whereas sometimes in the past, you know, wrestlers can uh, go through any uh, any three of them, but for how it is now, the wrestlers are kind of tied to one brand and one show. So yeah. that's what he means by the, the brands are kind of split in between themselves. Yep. Uh, and then the, you know, you know, I'm not going to muddy the water. So I was going to start talking about uh, certain titles that are maybe defended on multiple brands, like the 24 seven title or the uh, women's tag team titles currently. But uh, those just know that there are some exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, people stay on their respective shows, and uh, they have feuds with other wrestlers on those shows, and they fight, they're fight. they challenging for the titles on their respective brand. Um, but yeah, so I think the last thing we're going to talk about before we take a little break is uh, basic rules and terminology for wrestling fans. Uh, so just some, some phrases that we're going to use uh, a lot as we talk about different, uh, WrestleManias, uh, I didn't write down any, I could have, I could have wrote down some, but I, I think we've already talked about some yeah. spots is a term we're going to use a lot, which essentially means, uh, a setup or a big, uh, it's like a set piece in an action film. It's, uh, something that is set up to look cool. Uh, or I'm trying to think of like how to describe it in human words. Uh, I think the best is to give an example. Uh, when you set up for someone to go to, you know, do a, uh, let's say a senton from uh, the top ropes, that is a spot. Or, uh, you know, when you set up, yeah. when Rey Mysterio uh, sets up to do his signature move, the 619, that is a spot. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about... Uh, Anyone, even if you it's haven't a, watched wrestling, is aware of like chair shots or people being thrown through tables. Those are all examples of spots. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of just like generally like maybe beats during a match or it just moments um, in a way. Um, just generally tied to some kind of um, some kind of uh, attack or some kind of takedown or jump or something like that. Just beats or. Uh, moments in the match. Um, uh, uh, we also, I mean, you you said one in there unintentionally, but yeah, signatures or finishers are um, just moves that are kind of tied to a specific wrestler that are kind of like their ultimate move that usually is one uh, for the most part, they do it. It will kind of be the, you know, the final nail in the coffin for a wrestler or um, generally, unless it's like a big match and stuff or they're fighting a major wrestler, but they each have moves that kind of get their own special names that just are tied to them um, that are like their big move. Yeah. And you'll see, you'll see a lot that if you want to make a wrestler look super strong, you'll have them uh, eat somebody's finisher or their signature uh, and they'll kick out of it. Uh, Especially at WrestleMania. We'll talk about a lot of people kicking out of each other's finishers. Uh, Oh yeah. There's, (laughs) it creates drama. It also just makes, 
someone looking like they're at the top of their game. If someone, you know, uh, yeah. If Bray think, Wyatt can uh, take an AA from uh, John Cena, like he looks super strong because on a normal episode of raw, you know, if someone takes an AA, they're done for, you know, exactly. I think another important thing, if you're new to wrestling is learning about a heel and a face mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about that a lot, especially yes. when we get into stories, because um, it's the most common story in wrestling and it happens all the time. But essentially there's uh, a face, which is um, like sort of the, I don't want to say protagonist, but sort of like the nice kind of uh, uh, wrestler that fans want to root for and fans kind of cheer on. And then there's the heel that is sort of the villain or antagonistic role that is generally the dirtier player that will cheat or the player that um, the fans just really um, love to hate. They like get a lot of booze and um, they sort of just kind of create these feuds of like, and that's how you get wrestlers fighting other wrestlers is they have these sort of moments where they um, have beef that grow and reasons to dislike each other and be at odds with each other. And then, those heel and faces will square up in matches. And that's uh, a lot of, that's a very common um, story and very common way of identifying wrestlers in certain stories. Um, So you'll hear us talk about those a lot. Yeah. Uh, Face is short for baby face and heel is uh, not short for anything. Um, Yeah. Baby face. (laughs) So yeah, the most common pairing you'll see is a heel face dynamic. Uh, Sometimes you'll see two heels fight against each other. uh, And then, Less often, especially at manias, uh, you'll see two faces go after each other, which is usually the result of a number one contender match or some kind of tournament setup. Not you, not usually based in a feud, uh, is I guess yeah. what I should say when you're talking about a face versus face encounter. That's that's typically when the story gets a little more sporty and a little less entertainmenty. Uh, you know, that's like watching you know two. Uh, well-known teams that aren't necessary, like in any sports that aren't rivals that everyone generally likes yeah. play each other. Yeah. That's a lot it's of like like, dream oh. match stuff. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of stuff where you're like, Oh, this is the way it is. You know, no one needs to be a bad guy here, but uh, other things. Uh, oh, kayfabe. Kayfabe is like yeah. the term. Yeah, that's a big one. This is the big one. Uh, it's essentially, It means the canon of wrestling. Essentially, it is the story that is you are that is being presented to you on television. Uh, It's not the uh, real life injuries. It's not people's real life names. It is what is going on on your screen or in the arena. For for example, the Undertaker is a man from the dead in kayfabe. He is not a real person in real life who is a dead man. He yeah. is in kayfabe, a dead man. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. he's a dead man. Until he gets, until he gets rebooted. And then it's the thing that no one really likes. So then they were like, okay, we'll actually go back to when he's the dead man. But yes. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah, the, the undertaker is a great example of that. Or sometimes people will be, uh, written off of television with kayfabe injuries or something, or, uh, I think a perfect example right now during our situation is if somebody does by chance happen to get the coronavirus, uh, 
in kayfabe, they are they sustained an injury during their last match and uh, haven't been medically cleared. Is like a very good example of, yeah, you know, something yeah. Or Vince McMahon will do kayfabe firings. Mm-hmm. That's also pretty common. Um, I don't know. If there's that many in WrestleMania, so I don't know how long how often we're gonna hear about that. But I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, and we'll definitely talk about you know, uh, you know, in kayfabe you might see one wrestler at one WrestleMania under a certain gimmick. Uh, but in kayfabe, they're a totally different person. Uh, I think a good example, we want, you know, right after this, we're going to record our first actual episode, but, uh, the colognes are in a totally different gimmick in WrestleMania 30 than what, like I think of them as primarily, you know, Primo and Epico. Yeah. But they're the, those matadores in, uh, WrestleMania 30, which is, in you know, in real life, they're the same two people. They're a tag team. Uh, in kayfabe, totally different people. <laughs> like, uh, yep, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I think real quick before we take a break, uh, another good one is I, I said it earlier, but like botch, you might hear us say that about when we bring up matches because sometimes there will be like mess ups or. Um, things that went wrong during a match, and those generally what a botch is. It's when a wrestler does a move, and they don't exactly execute it correctly. And uh, sometimes it's at the you know negative effects of one of the rest of the wrestlers performing it, or the wrestlers having it performed on them. And it can be kind of dangerous. Um, and those are generally like screw ups or um, mistakes that wrestlers make in during matches. So yeah. botch is a pretty important one. Um, oh, a promo, a promo is, uh, essentially it's a kind of a catch all term for anytime someone's in the ring talking, uh, it's called cutting a promo. Um, so we'll, we'll use that a lot, you know, at the beginning of, uh, of a certain WrestleMania, of most WrestleManias, the host will come out and cut a promo before WrestleMania starts, uh, usually welcoming everybody to the act, to the event. And then you actually get to the matches, but on like a regular Monday night raw, someone might come and cut a promo and call out, uh, you know, their next opponent, they, you know, so that's the last one I can think of that we'll commonly use anything that we don't explain. Uh, I think they're, you know, we'll try our best to throughout the show. If we use new terminology, kind of catch ourselves. Yeah. We'll try and catch each other. Yeah. But, other than that, I mean, if you're really interested in that, like there are so many like YouTube videos and online uh, dictionaries that you, you know, Wikipedia has got a pretty good list of wrestling slang. And so, I mean, you can kind of catch yourself up and it doesn't take long to get the lingo down. Is Real that, quick before wait, Robbie, who's the, who's the heel and who's the face between us and the podcast? Heel? Oh, I figured we were. A t- I I was going to start calling us the greatest tag team in podcasting. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like because I don't want to. I don't want us to be on a versus level. Not not yet. So I we mean, just be a, just one be of a us will turn table. heel eventually, right? Okay. Yeah, it happens. You know, yeah. we'll see who doesn't do. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but we will come right back, and we'll be answering uh, some of our personal questions about some of our favorite wrestlers our favorite matches, uh, and more. So stick around. (laughs) 
Welcome back from that break. Uh, you're still listening to Mania Moments. It's personal question time. Woo! Personal questions. Bow, 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 bow. Woo! That's there we go. <laughs> personal well, questions. Well, you actually had a sound bite. Woo! I, I haven't. I haven't really been I overdoing the sound bite, and I. Yeah, no, I just I I faked it, and then you did a real one, and I was like, oh, I should have faked it. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, let me see. Do you, I can quickly go through I'll my sounds on. for the okay. audience. <laughs> I can quickly just do a... <laughs> yeah, go for it. What the rock is cooking. That's a good one. Uh, we got a... Brother. I'm just going to start throwing in at the end of my sentences. You know, I'm going to throw it back to you. Brother. Just a Hulk Hogan brother. <laughs> Uh, we got a, a yeah. classic here. Uh, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Yeah, that's a good one. I already played my yeah. uh, Ric Flair. <laughs> and then, of course, where, where would it be in the modern era without... Iconic! Hell yeah. <laughs> love the Iconics. Uh, that's actually that's a great, they're, they're uh, great little jump into our personal questions. Uh this is this one's easy, or I guess not easy. I, it took me a while to put together my list and not feel like I was leaving out people I really like. But uh, putting together my uh, top ten, putting together our top ten personal favorite wrestlers of all time, mm-hmm. uh, or I specifically WWE is what I was, or at least have fought in the WWE uh, on this list. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to in the company. Them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even want to try and open it up to people who have spent their times mostly in Ring of Honor and AEW or anything like that, <laughs> you know. But yeah, most of these I'll people. I'll contrast are no... and say this was. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'll contrast and say these. Most of these, uh, or what is it? This making this list for me was really hard. Um, yes, I'll give some preferences later. Uh, did you want to go first with it, or should I? Uh, um, you go ahead and go. You go. You got. You got it. Okay. So, all right, I'll give a few. Do you have um, yours ranked in like a say, top ten, or do you just have them in no specific order? I have them ranked in the top ten. Oh wow! But what I do want, yeah, what I do want to say is that there it it was so close for a lot of them that if you ask me on a different day, maybe I'm sure the rankings would switch. It's like one of these things. So don't be like. Strict. These are my these are my for sure like locked in ranks. Um, but I generally did rank them for this podcast recording. Nice. And then the other thing is, I've been a fan for a long time. So I have wrestlers from like a while back and to now. And I don't want people to think that I'm like so like locked or so. Uh, what is it? Set on the older wrestlers or on or yeah. so like biased with the newer ones. It's just going to jump around. Um, and it was hard as it is. I like a lot of wrestlers from a lot of eras. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say for mine, I I have some wrestlers from eras that I wasn't actively watching in, uh, but like just going yeah. back through, like I said, I just, I spent a lot of time in quarantine watching old content. So yeah, I got my, I place. legit could have done, I, I could have written out like 30 wrestlers, like just knowing like off the top of my head, but I own, I own shirts for people was, that I don't have on my top 10 list. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right exactly exactly um but i'll start uh my number 10 
I've got the man, Becky Lynch. Nice, nice. Incredible, incredible wrestler. Um, she's uh, the best. I, I do consider her kind of like a modern-day Stone Cold. I think she's got like the promo-cutting power. I like her wrestling style. I like her wrestling moveset. Always loving Becky Lynch. Um, she's even she's, uh, for uh, dropped a stunner on Stone Cold himself. So, I Yeah, think. which was dope as hell. <laughs> yes. Um. To number nine, I've got uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, nice. who, I mean, who doesn't love Rey Mysterio? He's he's the best. He's, booyaka, I love booyaka. his moveset. He's 6'1", um, I uh, love his moveset. I'm a big fan of, like, high-flyer technical wrestlers, and he's, like, you know, one of the best of that. Uh, he loved it when he was uh, made champion um, in the kind of ruthless aggression era. Uh, he's just got a lot of feuds um, that are really great. Um, great wrestler. Uh, number seven, I don't, this might surprise you, Robbie, but uh, I actually have Mickey James at number really? seven. That's I, a good choice. Yeah, I, I like that. Like, I a, love Mickey James. She's great. Yeah, I loved her back when she first started. I remember like, I mean, I don't remember like the exact day, but I remember being introduced into the WWE and I was like I was like oh she's really fun she's really funny and then seeing her actually wrestle um, back in a time when women's wrestling was not as strong as it was as it is now like there were like some wrestlers who were good and some wrestlers who were problematic and honestly just not just you know kind of eye candy which is unfortunate but she was incredible she was great and she was just kind of like always putting out consistently good matches I always found her like character to be really like fun and funny and like um, just really really great. Yeah. So I've got Mickey James at um, eight. Um, at number seven, I've got uh, Chris Jericho. Nice. I incredible, love Jericho. I love him. wrestler. Yes. I love him so much. He's like one of the best at cutting promos. He's like got. I think he's just so good on the mic, um, and I love his move, his uh, move set as well. Like you know, putting down the walls of Jericho, or his like lion, which I thought was really great. Um, yeah, he was just, and he's he's one of those wrestlers that works as a face and works as a heel. Um, he's like so good at his heel work, but the moments that he does get face work, like I think he's just he's just so good at cutting promos and establishing characters. Like he's changed like characters and like um, kind of like vibes for like ever and he's still always like really entertaining so uh chris jericho is really great yeah um at number six this is actually like too low and this is when i get kind of upset of my rankings but number six i've got the texas rattlesnake stone cold steve austin who <laughs> that is uh, that I, it feels would be, too low that's that's a harsh <laughs> i know it feels too low but i'm telling you top five i'm like it's honestly it's it's tough but like i mean he's one of the greatest wrestlers ever um and like everyone loves him everyone knows him Mm. like probably maybe the best on the mic uh period like cutting promos uh and he's just the best he's like i don't know i don't even know where do you start with stone cold steve austin there's this like so likable so like energetic just gets you instantly really excited and hyped to watch wrestling um so stone cold's great and that's the bottom line blah 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 
And the, that's the, the bottom line. Yeah. Stone Cold said so. Smooth. Okay. What? Uh, number five. What? <laughs> what? Uh, number five, I've got um, The Undertaker. Nice, nice. Uh, who mentioned before. He's a legend. He's uh, been on, he was with the company for so, so long, but he's great. One of the most unique and like, uh, and like, uh, I guess inventive characters that we've seen in wrestling, but he pulls it off so well because he's such a, like a good actor to pull off the way he like sells his character and, um, his like whole vibe. And like, anytime he's in matches, you just feel like really excited and he really, he's really good at bringing drama and excitement to matches. Mm -hmm. Um, and and he's just been a lot of my favorites. Yeah. He's an incredible locker room leader as well. Uh, like just, yeah, that too. He's really good at like, uh, at like dealing with other wrestlers in the backstage and, um, kind of like bringing up and getting other people excited and giving and inspiration and motivation and stuff. Um, yeah. And of course, wrestler. important All to around. WrestleMania, very important to WrestleMania. The streak is one absolutely of the, most, the streak was, it's one of the most impressive things in sports in general, not just sports entertainment. Yes, it, it, absolutely. And it has some of like the most incredible matches, just the, like the sustainment of going 21 uh, consecutive wins is like mind boggling. When you even just like consider where everyone else is at with that kind of streak, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, number four, I've got from San Antonio, Texas, Mr. Shawn Michaels. I think I'm uh, cute. I know I'm sexy. I know I'm sexy. Uh, he's the best. Like, I mean, I know I have a bias with him because he's from San Antonio. Like, when I was a kid, I loved that he was from San Antonio. But he's, like, such a good showman. He has He's, like, one of the best sellers in, in uh, wrestling. Uh, I'm, I know we didn't bring it up during the explanations, but selling is, like, to make a – when you make attacks kind of look painful and real and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's one of the best. He's one of the best at that. Um, he has – he's so, so good on the mic. He's so good at like getting really nasty when he needs to be a heel, but he's also so good at kind of bringing out that like, um, uh, kind of mature heartfelt vibe when he's trying to become a face and get fans involved. Um, and he's in so many, so many good matches. I think he's one of those people that I think if he's just in a match, I just know it's going to be like a really good one. Like despite the feud or the story, like he just knows how to bring out the best in other wrestlers. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, yeah. Uh, and he, and he's just got so many good wrestling moments. I mean, we're going to go through a bunch of them in this podcast, but he's great. He's Mister WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, Mister WrestleMania, exactly. Um, uh, number three, I've got Mister Eddie Guerrero. Nice, the best. Viva la raza. <laughs> uh, he was. He was. You know. He was so cool. He was the. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to talk about it. Cause I mean, it's tragically short life, but he was just like electrifying on the mic. He was so fun to watch wrestle. Um, another like kind of high flying technical wrestler that I loved. I love his like frog slash finisher. Um, I loved his views and kind of teamwork with it. Raymond stereo. Um, I loved his like whole lie cheat steal. Like, um, Oh, it's so good. 
character that yeah. just made everything so fun to watch. He, he had this really like crazy, but so captivating way of being dirty, but being fun. Like most times heels were like dirty, but he had it, he had it in him to do like really dirty stuff, but just to have such a likability to it. Like it was impressive. Um, Eddie Guerrero's the best. Yeah. Um, uh, number two, I have uh, Jeff Hardy, which nice. probably seems pretty high, but again, it goes back to my, like, I love Jeff Hardy so much, and like, as a kid, he was just like a dream to me, and I mean, I still like his wrestling, I love his moveset, um, and it's like high-flying ability. I love hardcore wrestlers, too, a lot, so I, like, he has, he's in so many, like, ladder matches and hardcore matches that are, like, really important to me, Um I had I owned so much Jeff Hardy like merch as a kid, um, which he like, definitely him, has that that vibe that would really fly with a middle schooler. That aesthetic. Oh yeah, like him and then the person I have at number one were like the two that really made me like fall in love with wrestling so much. And um, uh, number one being the whole at the show, Mr. Rob Van Dam, who yeah. um, was like is my favorite wrestler of all time. Still is. Uh, he was. Uh, so good. I loved uh, his entire moveset so much. I thought he was such a like strong and uh, interesting wrestler because I felt like no one did moves like like him at all. He was also really good at like hardcore matches and ladder matches and stuff like that, which um, I thought were really cool. And uh, I just think he's in so many fun matches for me. He's another wrestler like Shawn Michaels, who I thought would be no matter what in a good match uh, with him in it. Um, so he's my number one, my number one wrestler. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. So like that, my list, like I said, is just, it's, uh, it's in the shape of a top 10, but it's, it, it could, it could vary day to day. Uh, my number 10, uh, is the current NXT champion, Mr. Keith Lee. Uh, he is nice. fantastic to watch. He's been such a joy these last few months and especially uh in his run leading up to last year's survivor series and after it uh just an incredible just a huge big guy but he moves very gracefully in the ring uh also just someone that you can tell through his promos and his work that he just loves uh wrestling so much um he's so much fun to watch uh Number nine, I've got the current SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey. Uh, her character oh, work, so especially good. recently, has been incredible. Uh, she's one of the quote unquote four horsewomen of WWE, uh, which includes Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. Uh, all incredible women uh, that have just. Super talented. Yes, yeah, some of the most talented people in WWE right now, not to mention just like, yeah, I don't even want to put the qualifier of like the most talented women in wrestling. Like they're just some of the most talented people in wrestling right now. Uh, yeah, for sure. Up next, I have, uh, the, uh, executive vice president of talent relations or whatever his title is. Uh, Mr. Triple H Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, <laughs> I think just the game, t- the game is how to play the game. <laughs> uh yeah just a fantastic wrestler uh even better storyteller and i think that you know he did a fantastic job of throughout his career uh evolving in a way and then understanding that he couldn't do 
the same stuff he did in the ring in the 90s or the early 2000s later in his career and really put a huge emphasis on making other wrestlers look fantastic. Uh, just a guy who really... Maybe one of... Okay. Maybe one of the best heels of, this, of the company. Oh, for sure. One of the best heels. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I'm going to say this. When he works face, he is still, like... I hate it. The WWE has a has a tendency to make uh, baby faces like smiling guys that won't stick up for themselves, and that's just never been. Even when Triple H works face, like that's not how he is, which is always like a good thing. Uh, which is similar yeah. to my next one, my uh, number six, Becky Lynch. Uh, someone else who, when working baby face, is still a badass. Is still super fun to watch. Is still hungry for whatever championship she's chase, uh, chasing or defending. She, Hell yeah. she knocks it out of the park. Uh, so yeah, similar to triple H, similar to stone cold, Steve Austin, uh, just people that when they work face are still, you know, they're still badasses, which is so much more fun to watch than somebody who will just let a heel walk all over them. Uh, that, so another person that we overlap with, uh, Actually, I think our first overlap on my list. My our yeah, next so one, far, I believe. Uh, should be my number five. My next one is The Undertaker. Uh, Taker's fantastic. Uh, he's yeah. he's a WrestleMania staple. He is a WWE staple. Uh, there is nothing he... Wow, we have him on the same ranking. Do we have him on the same ranking? I mean, it, it works. Yeah. It's, the, it's the right spot for him. Uh, I don't think... I mean, I think there's definitely people out there who he is their favorite wrestler. But there is, you know, I think it's hard to say that, like, he's the best or that he is my favorite, but he absolutely deserves his place in my top ten. Yeah. Next, uh, after Taker, I've got uh, San Antonio's own Shawn Michaels, uh, another fantastic worker. uh, Just just a fantastic all-around worker and storyteller. His match with his retirement match for Ric Flair. I think of a lot just in terms of how well you can tell a story in the ring, you know? Oh man, that match is so heartbreaking. It is incredibly heartbreaking to watch. It's, but it's so good. And eventually we'll get to that. That's a mania match and, uh, we'll get to cry together about it. Yeah. Uh, up next on my list, I've got, uh, the one, the only Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I, I can't really say anything else that, (laughs) you haven't said about him. He's fantastic. Uh, his in-ring ability is great. I, I love watching him. Uh, he puts on fantastic matches nearly every time. Uh, he is a part of the SmackDown six, of course, which, uh, really defined that show and were a fantastic, uh, the fantastic brainchild of Paul Heyman. Um, then moving on to my number three, uh, the leader of the yes movement himself, one Mr. Daniel Bryan, uh, another guy that's just very easy to root for, and but also can work heel and be fantastic at it. Uh, but he was able to kind of change up his style after his uh, first retirement, which was incredible because it's you go back and watch his stuff from 2012 to 2015 or so, and he's the submission specialist and. He's really great at what he does there, but he comes goes into retirement, and when he came back in 2018, he changed up his moveset and evolved, evolved with the times 
to still be who he was, but not, uh, you know, not put the same strain on his body that he had once before. And I think that anyone that can do that is a fantastic wrestler and really understands what they're doing. Uh, other than that, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Points fingers in the sky. <laughs> uh, let's see. That leaves me at my number two, right? Yeah. My number two, so. uh, another lady, another four horse woman, uh, one miss sasha banks uh she's fantastic she's also the current raw women's champion as of recording this as of literally monday uh (laughs) she's great uh i love her she has uh her move set is super inspired by eddie guerrero her longtime hero uh but she's also she's fantastic on the mic she can be a great heel she can be a great frustrated baby face there's just so much to to like about her uh Every time she's in the ring, for the most part, I she's got a she's putting on a banger of a match. Uh, this summer has been so much fun. They've really been putting her in dream match after dream match, kind of saving us up for another Sasha versus Bailey match that'll probably come at Mania next year, uh, which is going to be awesome. And then my number one wrestler is none other than uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, if not just because probably I, where he should be. <laughs> Not if not just because uh, when I tweeted about his beer one time, he responded. So uh, <laughs> everything you said about him, he's fantastic. He's one of the greatest in ring workers of all time. Uh, but also, just he was nice to me once, and uh, I want him to yeah. be my friend. So I uh, think if I did like a best wrestlers list, he would be number one. But I just had to think yeah. too much on my heart with this list, which is why he was. He yeah. was a little bit lower, but number one is probably where he should be. Yeah. He's great. Uh, so we've got a couple other personal questions in here. Um, I think the next one is uh, the easiest. It's probably one of my easiest to answer, but uh, our favorite WWE matches. Um, do you want to answer this one first, or do you want me to answer it? I don't. Uh, you can take it over first since I didn't yeah. did it last time. Sure. Uh, I've got two matches written down here. Uh, number one, uh, actually, both of these matches include uh, people from my top ten list. Uh, my first match is Sasha Banks versus Bailey in a thirty-minute Iron Man match at Takeover Respect from twenty fifteen. Holy shit, that's such a good match! Such an incredible technical match. Uh, if you want to talk about the four horsewomen and just being incredible wrestlers in general. They they kill it in this match. It was uh, one of the first uh, main event matches in an, at a takeover that was uh, headed by women, which is awesome. Uh, they got a great curtain call afterwards. People were in tears. Uh, Stephanie yeah. and Triple H gave them uh, both bouquets of flowers to celebrate. Uh, but really just uh, super, super fun to watch. Uh, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, which is why it's here. And then the second one, uh, which we'll actually get to whenever it is that we get to our Mania 28 episode, Triple H versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, with uh, Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee. Uh, we talked about oh, how much... That match is so fun. <laughs> it's so good. And we talk about people telling a story. All three of those men are fantastic storytellers. Uh, you just watch it in their faces the whole time. Shawn Michaels selling the pressure of uh, having to maintain 
impartiality while watching his best friend just get the shit beat out of him in a, a massive steel cage. Uh, and then, of course, at the end, uh, another great curtain call. The three of them standing up at the top of the ramp. Uh, the end of an era. You know, that was... Oh, you okay? You still there? You there? I'm here. Okay, cool. We had Hello? connection issues. We'll have to... Oh, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I can hear you now. Hello? Yeah. Yep, you're okay, there. Okay, cool. You're there. You're, th- you're there. You're there. Okay, cool. Uh, so, all right. Uh, those are my two favorite matches, the Sasha and Bailey at TakeOver Respect and Triple H and The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell at Mania 28. What are some of your favorite uh, Wrestle or not even WrestleMania, WWE matches, Phoenix? Okay, I have... Uh, a good amount. I have like five, but I'll be fast. Okay. Um, I swear. I swear. Okay. First one is TLC two at WrestleMania X seven, which Another we will get one. to and talk about, which we'll get to and talk about, but I'll just say that it's just such a master class on how to like wrestle and, uh, use like, like team wrestling to its, uh, to its advantages and like such good. You dropped out there for a second. Say that again. Phoenix? Weapon work and a lot of things that there were. Sorry. I was I, just saying that. I lost you there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, is, is something going on? No, I think. It might be my internet connection. It's not, it's not this. Okay. Uh, you good? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. We'll cut yeah. all this stuff out. I'll have to mess around with them anyway. Okay. Those cuts that we had earlier. Um, but yeah, TLC two is fantastic weapon work, yeah. teamwork, just everything was, uh, you know, all the wheels were turning at the right way. Exactly. Uh, another mania match I have is, uh, Taker versus Michaels two at WrestleMania 26, which is the career streak match. That's a great, one. uh, just, yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe one of the best matches of all time. It's just so good. These two people are so talented at, at wrestling, and it goes on for so long. And you, It gets to a real point where you really have no clue who's going to win. Like, you really feel it. You really are just, like, on the edge of your seat of what's going to happen. Um, so good. Okay. Cool. So what's your next match? Yeah. Um, it was uh, Robin Dam versus John Cena at ECW One Night Stand 2006. Okay. Um, yeah. As... Yeah, as a match standpoint, um, it's fine. But what I love about this match is, A, it was important to me as a kid seeing my favorite wrestler finally get their belt. But B, the audience in this match is so insane and so lively and fun that it's just like, it's honestly just worth it just seeing like how a wrestling audience can get. It's so much fun to watch. Um, another one I have is uh, uh, Robin Amber Zeddy Guerrero at Backlash 2002. Nice. These are just two really talented, really technical wrestlers um, at their best, at their peak, just being really, really good um, and just putting on such a good show, putting on such a good match. Similar styles, but, you know, they kind of work. Um, and then mm, the last one I have is Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy at Raw 2002. And this match is so good um, at having like an unknown or maybe like a, a lower card, lower, lower tier wrestler, like 
just getting such a jump and such a push from like a really established, really well-known wrestler. Um, at the time it was just like, it seemed like impossible because the Undertaker was such a monster and Jeff Hardy was just like a tag team, like kind of fun wrestler that the fans liked, but you really feel like the growth and the motivation and like stuff in their wrestling that it really just like catapults this wrestler, like to such another level. And it's, just so well done. There's a lot of good storytelling, a lot of good wrestling in it. Um, yeah. And yeah, those are my WWE matches that I really love. All right. Uh, the next question is our favorite non WWE matches. So this could be anything from ECW, uh, before it was revived by WWE, WCW, anything from the Indies, AEW, you name it. It just can't be produced by WWE. Uh, so, do you want to start with this one? Yeah, I've only got two. Um, okay. uh, cause I, I didn't want to, I already, I thought I'd put too many WWE <laughs> matches, so I wanted to make it short. <laughs> so, um, it's, uh, living dangerously 1999. This is an ECW pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, these are really talented, really, uh, really like, um, technical and physical and extreme wrestlers. Um, putting on such a clinic in like extreme wrestling, using a lot of weaponry, using a lot of um, creative ways of hurting other opponents. Um, and you just really can feel like the electricity of uh, just how insane and how, um, uh, how wild a wrestling match can get. Yeah. Um, and then you, you, you told me to watch it yeah, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was only a week ago. Yeah. So you were recommending, you were asking for some. Yeah. I love that match. Um, they have another one from another pay-per-view, but I decided to go with this one because it's my favorite. And then uh, the other one I have is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc 1997. Yes, this is on my list. Is it really? Yes, I love this match. Halloween oh. Havoc 97. Yeah, it's so Rey and Eddie good. is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so good. There's there's such good in-ring wrestlers and their styles complement each other so well. And they just have such fun and such like creative, like chaos. And, um, in this match, it's, it's really good. And it's probably got my favorite Ray Mysterio outfit of all time. That full cat. <laughs> yeah. It is intense. Oh, and I love fun. it. <laughs> yeah. It's really wild. Um, which I think he puts on cause of the Halloween, like, like Halloween nature of it all, which is, yeah. Which is great, and I I missed the Halloween Havoc paper. <laughs> yes, I want it to come back. Uh, but yes, I love it. Also, it's very helpful whenever Eddie tries to take off Ray's mask that it's just attached to his body. <laughs> that you're just, yeah yeah the, full, the whole like it's a full suit. <laughs> it's not coming off. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's it's stuck there, Eddie. I'm sorry. I know it, you want to unmask him, but. He's got it locked in. Oh, so good. So uh, yeah, those are my two. If you want to say your your not WWE ones, yeah, I only had two. Uh, we we just talked about Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at WCW Halloween Havoc 1997. Just such a fantastic match. Uh, both of their work in WCW uh, really created what is cruiserweight wrestling today, and I think it's just a fantastic example of how incredible they could be in the ring together. Uh, my next one is uh, CM Punk versus Chris Hero. At It's a tables and ladders match for IWA Mid-South. It's like 90 minutes long or something like It's something in, 
insanely long, but it's so much fun to watch. They go all over this little, just it's the, uh, house of hardcore. Uh, they go all over it and just, they're working on the ceiling. They're working in the rafters and the ring all over the place. And these two are just beating the hell out of each other. Uh, so early CM Punk match, I think it's like 2002, early CM Punk, early Chris Hero, who uh, went on to be uh, known as Cassius Ono in uh, WWE, uh, but is now back to being Chris Hero on the independents again. Uh, just really cool to see kind of a place where these guys came up. Uh, throw in there anytime uh, Colt Cabana and CM Punk used to kind of do a series of matches that they would do all over the independent circuits. It's a really fun to one to watch as well. Um, but yeah, any early punk is good. Um, yeah. 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 Um, that's pretty dope. All right. Um, I, the next, uh, the next one we've got, I believe is favorite pay-per-views, right? Favorite uh, pay-per-views? Yeah. Non mania pay-per-views. So of course we're going to be yeah. talking a lot about WrestleMania, but, uh, you know, it'd be too much to say we're going to talk about every pay per view because there's too many pay per views. Uh, yeah, non mania. Um, so probably you, yeah, you want you want to start with this one? So yeah, so I just chose a general pay per view. I didn't choose a specific year. I think there have been great years of it. Uh, but my favorite non WrestleMania pay per view is the Royal Rumble. Uh, it has such a unique style on my match. list. Yeah, it's it's great. I, I love the Royal Rumble. I would say my next favorite like gimmick pay-per-view is money in the bank. Uh, but on my list, they're both fantastic. They're, they're so, so good. Uh, those would be my two favorites, but the rumble is awesome. in that it really just gets, you get to highlight 30 guys that wouldn't normally all get to cross over with each other. And the prize of getting to challenge for the, uh, championship at WrestleMania is such a, Great way to build intrigue to start the road to WrestleMania. Uh, huge fan of that pay-per-view. Money in the Bank, same thing, that free pass to get uh, just to get to challenge for a championship at any time that you want is it's so good. Uh, it's such a good stipulation, and it's led to some fantastic matches. And not to mention, like, both of these feature some top-notch uh regular singles or tag team action as well. Uh, Money in the Bank has one of the all-time great matches between CM Punk and John Cena. Like, there's just some... Magic can happen that's not just these gimmick stipulation matches of these two because people tune in specifically for that, but they have to really up the value and the quality of the other matches that aren't the main event. Um, And then, those are my two favorite non-Mania pay-per-views. What do you have, Phoenix? Um, well, I had those that you said. Uh, I had Royal Rumble and I had uh, Money in the Bank, so those are pretty set and those are pretty. Uh, those are for all the same reasons that you said. They're like they're really fun uh, gimmick matches that have like a really exciting main event or a really exciting um, part of the event. Uh, I wanted to also highlight um, Saudi Arabia shows two right? honorable mentions. <laughs> the greatest Royal Rumble, actually. I not the regular one. No. Um, I wanted to highlight uh, honorable mentions to 
um, Survivor Series and Armageddon, just because uh, those I purely like just for like a like I just yeah Armageddon's not like a, a current one; it's a pretty older one. But <laughs> I just always really like the stage and the um, the look of those um, the look of those pay per views because I honestly. Uh, take into account like the staging of these of these pay reviews because sometimes they can look really dope and I always love that one and then I just think uh, Survivor Series just always has like a fun look to them and then also you know you get the added aspect of sometimes having the Survivor Series elimination matches which which can be fun too those are a lot of fun those are a lot of fun and then our last question our final question is uh, your favorite stipulation or gimmick match however you want to call it uh these are just like I think the easiest one to call out is like oh a steel cage match is pretty common, but like so that Hell in a Cell Money in the Bank is a gimmick match or a stipulation match. Uh, I only have one on my list here. Uh, did you list more than one? I have three. You have three. I I didn't add. I would say a Royal Rumble is like one of my favorites, and same with the Money in the Bank. So I just have my. Would have you know it doesn't have a pay per view to itself so, but go ahead. What are your three? Um, uh, this one I mean two of them are kind of um, pay per views. I have a TLC and a Hell in a Cell. Oh, um, both good. Those are both just good. really really exciting match types um, that I always like are, am drawn to, um, and I'm always excited about. But then the one that's not necessarily drawn, I really like a I really like I quit matches. Yeah. I think I quit matches are really fun. And I think if they're a great way of just like when a storyline can get to a point where you really just need to like, these people are so against each other and want such revenge or like such need to be better than the other person. And they just settle it with an I quit match. Cause there's such, there's something so like emotionally um, drawn to an I quit match that so you have to like forcibly make your opponent like give up, which I, I just always like the stakes on those matches. I think there's like an emotional element to it. I also think those matches can get really long and get really intense because of how much pain they have to inflict on the other wrestler just to get them to get to that point. Um, so those are always really exciting. Yeah. Those are, those are great blow off matches. Uh, I'm going to say that my favorite, so other than the Royal Rumble, other than Money in the Bank, I love a good War Games match. It's such a unique, oh, oh, the structure, the two rings in a steel cage is such a unique structure that you don't get to see all the time. And I love that NXT is doing War Games uh, Survivor Series weekend uh, pretty much every year now. They put on, they're fantastic matches. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's also fun to kind of the history of a war games match. It was the signature match type of the four horsemen. It was intended to allow them to inflict as much pain on their uh, enemies as possible. It was, you know, it is a match that is intended to be unfair, you know? So it's, it's so much fun yeah. to watch. You get a lot of really cool moments. Uh, and I mean, it's, you know, it combines some of my favorite things about Hell in a Cell. It combines some of my favorite things about, extreme rules matches, but it puts them in a setting that is so different. And with those time limits and the match doesn't even start till everyone's allowed in, there's just so much going on. Uh, I'd love to see more war games happen. And luckily we've got NXT yeah, war games and so cool. AEW's 
promising their own version of war games called Blood and Guts that will eventually happen. It didn't happen due to pandemic. It got pushed back. So maybe one day we'll get Blood and Guts. But uh, it's that's a war game match as well. And then other than that, uh, I like this, especially when people really go for it, is a false count anywhere match. Those are, I mean, they're kind of hit or miss in that sometimes you can two wrestlers who aren't as sure of themselves will maybe go a little bit into the fans or something. But then other times you've got people jumping off of, uh, structures that were never meant to be jumped off of, or, you know, going into the kitchens of the stadium or arena that they're at. Like there's just so much, it has, there's so many opportunities for wacky stuff to happen that, uh, you know, it, I think it's really good. It's another one like an I quit match that, can be a great blow off to a feud. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it just adds a lot of like tension, a lot of excitement. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all of our questions. That is it for the episode. I think, I think that's the, that is the episode right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, that is our episode. Our first episode of mania moments with Robbie and Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Vomit Phoenix on Twitter. I hope the sweet things you like. Um, and, uh, Robbie, where can people find you? Oh, people can find me on Twitter at Robbie D. Shazer. They can also find my reviews for weekly shows at ProWrestlingGBU.com. Uh, the show itself is on Twitter at Mania Moments Pod. Uh, go also go back and listen to Tapheads and Film Fracas and follow the 5208 Media Network. Uh, those are all the plugs I have to think of. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, next week or two weeks from now, we will be back with our first ever WrestleMania review. Uh, you have anything else to say before we go, Phoenix? I'll see you in two weeks, brother. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>